0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, good morning. Thanks for coming to church. Come on, let's give the Lord a big round of applause today. I just think He's good, you know. I, I, I love to... to To praise Him and and welcome to our series that we've entitled XO, Love and Relationships. How many of you realize that life is all about relationships and life is all about um, just love and and it's, it's so important. But we were made to be loved, and and actually not just to be loved, but actually to love people. And I think you know we do this series every year, uh, maybe under a different banner because it's February and it's love. But to be honest, you know we're we're made to be loved, and we should be loving all the time. And life is all about relationships as long as we are alive. And I want to tell you, great relationships are possible, but they're not probable if we're going to do it the world's way. The world has a system. The world has a way, but. But I just believe that if we can look into the word of God, that he can help us define our relationships. Because for us to have success in relationships, we need to let God who designed the relationships define the relationships. Can I hear a good amen? And a lot of times it's not working for us because we're just trying to do it the world's way. And so today I want to look into God's word and And see what he has to say about relationships. And this is part three. You can actually go to our app and uh, download part one and part two. Great and credible messages. I want to thank everybody. I got like three or four texts last week about last week's messages. I really appreciate that. It just lets us know that we're hitting the mark, that people are being blessed. But what I want to do today is I want to talk about and I want to focus on changing the way that we communicate. I want to talk about communication because communication is so important in relationships. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Genesis chapter 2, 15. And um, I have been... Um, I. I I think that we've had some challenges, even since we were very little, with communication. And what I did in part of my study time is that I scoured the internet for some of the best kids' breakup letters. And uh, I think you're really going to be intrigued by this because we've been having issues with communications even since we were little. Look at this first one. Let's see. It, it, says, it, says, it says this. I'm sorry that I have been chasing you outside. But if you will start to like me, I will not chase you. <laughs> yeah, she. I, that, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. Look, look at this one. I, I love this one. I love you. I love you very much. I like you as much as cake. I love you more than anything in the world. But I do like cake. You've you got to know that. Look, look, at this, look at this next one. It says this. I'm angry at you and I'm not talking to you today and tomorrow. P.S., all day. P.S.S., I still love you. <laughs> that sounds like some grown-up relationships. Look, look, look at the next one here, right? This one's good. I love you with all my butt. I would say my heart, but my butt is bigger. <laughs> oh, that's, that's some good communication right there. Look, look at this. Those are good ones. Let's see if we can read this here. I thought... Of our future life, live together, right? These are little kids. And I've been thinking about you all day. Now somebody wrote back, right? This is not email. This is writing back, right? I can't read this, right? A little neater. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to start off a relationship. Let's look at this, this, uh, this last one from Deandra to Crystal. I am breaking up with you. P.S. Happy anniversary though. One month, this was really tough to do. <laughs> funny, funny. But, you know, it's so true. Growing up, um, uh, man, I remember me in, in kindergarten. Man, we, we talked. We, and, and growing up as a little kid, man, I had game in elementary school. And listen, don't hate the player. Hate the game. Come on, somebody. And uh, I, we, we we wrote notes to each other in elementary school. We folded them, and we did all of these cool things. Anybody do the swan? Did you ever give a swan to somebody growing up? But we wrote our heart out, and then somebody would write back to you, right? But... Communication has totally changed today. I mean, we live in this this technological world, and with modern technology, we've removed this face-to-face communication, and we've replaced it with a screen. Come on, somebody. We've replaced it with a screen, and, and yet, I think what's happening is it's affecting our communication. But if you're like me and most of married couples, when we first started talking to the person that we were dating, we talked, and we talked and we talked. Anybody stay up on the phone all night? Any young men stay up on the phone all night? You fell asleep and she was still talking? <laughs> but we love to talk and talk and, and we did. And we got to know each other through talking and, and and it was it was amazing, but now what we do is is we text right we don 't talk you're lucky sometimes if you get an emoji, come on somebody an emoji I was telling our, our team at, at our last meeting, I said, "Hey, look, you know life's been a little busy, the church is growing and And I will do my best to respond. And uh, sometimes you may just get an OK. But if I'm really busy, you may just get a K. And listen, if I hit the wrong letter, you may get an accidental L. Come on, somebody. But I'm going to respond. But this is where we are in in communication. And I think for those of you that may be single or uh, I don't know if you've ever had this, but have you ever had somebody that's really good at texting? I mean, they're like Shakespeare. Um, I mean, they're just like, you know, very articulate, poetic. And, man, they can text. And you're really like, oh. And then you meet them in, in person and they are silent like a mime? Not a meme, a mime. Some of the millennials are like, what's a mime? I think he said meme. No, it's a mime. They don't say anything. And then you look at their text, oh, beautifully, eloquently, like they wrote a book. But then when you're in front of them face to face, they're like, so, so like where, where's, the, where's the disconnect here that we're having But we live in this world that our communication is more digital than it is personal. But I want to tell us today that no relationship can flourish without effective communication. In friendship, listen, in romantic relationships, in parenting relationships, listen, you cannot flourish in a relationship without effective communication. Well, Pastor Phil, I'm just not really good at that. Okay, now let me just tell you this. I'm so glad you're here because I'm going to help you today, but your relationships are being affected by your lack of communication. And you know, you may say, well, it's my life and I'm going to live that way. It's fine. But I talk to way too many people who are living in pain in relationships because they, do they don't know how to communicate their heart. They don't know how to communicate in relationships. And I want to help today. But communication can be tough. Anybody agree with that? Communication can be tough. And actually we see even in the first relationship between Adam and Eve, that communication was the, the issue. Have you found Genesis chapter 2, verse 15? God told Adam, and he's talking to Adam, "We have a speaking God." Anybody thankful we have a speaking God who speaks to us? It's very clear, he's articulate. He wrote in, his, in the word, but also speaks to us audibly. We have a speaking God, a God who communicates. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Then the Lord, he, it, the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden and to tend it and keep it. And the Lord told, commanded the man, saying, Every tree, come on, everybody say that with me. Say every tree. Every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you, you eat it, you shall surely die." God told Adam. It was Adam's responsibility to tell his wife. I don't think Adam did a very good job. Right? I don't. Why? Because we know that when after God created Eve, that the devil comes into this relationship and starts talking to Eve. Right? And the devil asks this question, did God really say? It's the same question he's asking and has been asking throughout time. Did God really Really say that you could be saved? Did God really say that you could be healed? Did God really say that you could have peace? Come on, somebody. Right, it's the same question that he continues to ask. Did God really say? It's all about communication. And her response was, "Well, God said that you know we can eat from every uh, we can eat from every tree, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil we can't we can't eat it and we can't touch it." I was like, "Where?" I don't understand where she got that. But I, what I want us to understand is that the devil's goal is to capitalize on our miscommunications. I'm going to say that again. That it's the devil's goal to capitalize on our miscommunication. If I was at war or when, com- or when countries are at war, what they try to do is they try to cut off communication. They try to cut off communication. Why? If we can't communicate to each other, we can't work together. And I've seen so many relationships destroyed and people hurt over miscommunication and misunderstanding. And what I want to do today is because I believe that this is so important, is that I want to dig a little bit deeper. I want to go a little bit deeper to the root of our communication. And I want to talk a little bit practically about some things to give us some practical steps. But I want us to realize something when it comes to communication. Our communication issues are really a result of identity issues. Let me say that again. I got one amen in the back there from that little person. Our communication issues, really, when you break it down, are really a result of identity issues, right? It's because many of us don't know who we really we really are. I mean, if you break that down, right? Let me give you an example. This is why a husband and a wife can be sitting on the couch, watching a movie, sitting next to each other, cuddling, and she will turn to him and say, wow, you know, honey... Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm cold. I, it's just cold in here. And he'll get up. He'll look at the thermostat and say, what? You're cold. It's 70 degrees in here. What's wrong with you? Are you crazy? Now, listen, can I just tell you, guys, that is not a proper response if you want to play rodeo later in the evening. Um, it's just not a proper response for that. Okay, some of you will get that later. But I'm just saying, if you want to play rodeo later, um, that's not a good response. But what? Does a I am cold solicit this type of response where somebody is saying, what? You're you're crazy. Now listen, a confident man would look at his wife when she says, honey, I am cold. And he would look at her and say, baby, you're too hot to be cold. Thank you. Got one amen from the ladies. Are you here, ladies, today? How about the guys? Are you here this morning, gentlemen? But watch this, our communication issues are really a result of our identities. Cause you know what he hears when she says, wow, I'm cold. And he gets up to look at the thermostat. Here's what he hears. He hears, you're not providing for me. That's crazy. That's crazy. You're not providing for me. Because let me tell you this, our communication is actually coming from a deeper place than our mouth. It's coming from our heart. It's coming from our heart. You know, Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says this. A good man out of the good treasure. Come on, somebody say good treasure. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what? Bad? No, he brings forth good. But an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. Watch this. For out of the abundance, one translation says this, out of the overflow of the heart, The mouth speaks. The mouth speaks. My church family, I want you to listen to this. The condition of your heart is determining the response of your mouth. Let me say that again. The condition of your heart is determining the response of your mouth. Listen, that's why you cannot have a healthy conversation with an unhealthy heart. A person who has an unhealthy heart will always have unhealthy conversation. And you may walk away and go, man, that was just weird. I don't know. He just needs to learn how to talk better. Sometimes that's not the issue. It's a very deeper issue. It's a heart condition issue. It is a identity issue. Let me say it this way. Healthy communication is a result of a healthy heart. Let me say it again. Healthy communication is a result of of a healthy heart. It is. And I need my heart healed. I need, listen, if I want health to flow in my communication, then what I have to do is I have to have a healthy heart. Can I hear a good amen in this place? Listen, this is why it's really tough. And if, if you're single, um, it's really tough to have a good conversation with somebody who's insecure. Because they either do one of two things. They don't really talk too much. They expect you to do all the talking. Or here's the thing. They will dominate the conversation. And I'll tell you why they will dominate the conversation. They are looking for affirmation. So they continue to talk, continue to talk, because there is an unhealthy heart. There are needs that have not been met. And here's what happens is they'll look to you to meet those needs. And I don't know if I've I've had a couple you know, uh, instances and people on our team that were very insecure. And I will tell you this, uh, a a two-minute conversation that should have been two minutes encouraging turns into a half hour because they they can't articulate what they, and they're always grabbing for affirmation. And it is tough. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that is a heart issue. Can I hear a good amen today? Can I prove this to you biblically? Do you remember when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and the heavens opened up and God knows the power of words and he uses his words, right? The heavens open up and God says, this is my beloved son who I am well pleased. Interesting, Jesus had not done one miracle yet. He had not done anything. And God affirms him as his son. Isn't that a good father? A good father that says, I love you because you're my son. This isn't about your performance. He's not done one miracle yet, but this is what he does. He speaks into his life. Why? To show him his identity. You are my beloved son. Well, read on. Jesus walks right into the, into the wilderness into the desert. And guess who shows up? Here comes the devil, right? And he's going to talk to Jesus. And here's what he's going to say. He's going to ask a question. He's going to ask one particular question that has to do with identity. And that's why I believe sin issues and temptation are always identity issues as well. We're always having to try to prove who we are or we think we are or because we think we're not enough. So we have to use either people or some type of, uh, you know, um, substance to, to to fill our lives. But what's interesting is Jesus walks into temptation knowing who he is because his father spoke over him and said, you are my child. So here comes the devil. And here's what the devil says. The devil said, if you are the son of God, well, here's the great news. God just told him before he went into the temptation that you are my child and you're my beloved son and who I am well, well pleased. Now I want you to notice something. When the devil told Jesus... Or ask Jesus if you are the son of God. I want you to notice what Jesus didn't do. Jesus didn't pause and say, well, the thing is, is that I had a tough childhood. And you know what? When I was born, Herod tried to kill me. And you know what? Yeah, and we really moved a lot, Mary and Joseph. Like, I was on like a camel. And so we had to go uh, to Egypt. And yeah, and, and it, was, it was really tough. And so, you know, my life, he didn't say that. Now, did that not, hap- that not happen to him? But you know what his response was? His response was very confident in his communication. And Jesus said this, it is written. It is written, right? Man shall not live by bread alone, right? Jesus spoke confidently to the devil. He said, you know what? It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God, right? And then he says, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only. Where did that come from? That came from a confident identity in knowing who he was. And when you know who you are, you can beat temptation. Come on, can I hear a better amen today? Jesus spoke confidently, right? He spoke confidently the word because he was the word. Let me say that again. Jesus spoke the word to the enemy because his identity was he was the word. He was the word in the beginning, right? And so that's identity. When you know who you are, you know what you can say. Come on, somebody. When you know who you are. But we're dealing a lot with some deeper, deeper issues. And Jesus had clear and confident communication because he knew who he was in his identity. And so if I want to change my communication, the way that I communicate, communicate, here's what I have to do. I have to allow God to change my heart. Because out of my heart, overflows, right, out of my heart, right, the abundance of the heart, my mouth is leaking. My mouth is leaking what's going on in my heart. Is this good this morning? Are you here this morning? And so it's much deeper. And so what I wanted to do is give us uh, some practical things as well to help us in our relationship and our communication. And this applies really whether you're a father or a friend or maybe you're in a a romantic relationship. Maybe you're married now. And let's look at four levels of communication. Number one, there's a surface communication. This is kind of, hi, how are you doing? And maybe if you're lucky, sometimes you get a nod. Hey. Eh. Very surface, right? Here's the second one, is general information, right? And this can happen a lot even in marriages, right? In communication. Hey, Johnny's got a test today. Uh, I'm going to be home late. Hey, we're just passing kind of information Can you change Darla's diaper? She's pooped. You know, um, and this is what's going on. And we are just exchanging information. But watch this. But we're not going any deeper than just general information. And, guys, can I just help you? Can I just give you some tips? Um, Let me just tell you four of the most romantic words that your wife wants to hear. When she's giving you general information and she says something, here it comes, guys. Just write this down. These are four words your wife would love to hear, very romantic, when she Says something, here's what you say. And what happened next? <laughs> and after she falls and, and you pick her up off the floor, she's like, What? And what happened next, my dear? Right? Why? Because we need to go deeper in our communication. And some people never get to level three, which is deep feelings. This is where we share our feelings. And what I've learned about feelings is that, you know, they aren't always right, but they are real to the person that is sharing those things. And I think many of us don't get to this place. I'm going to tell you why. We don't feel like we have a safe place to be able to share our heart. Listen, your mouth is the ventilation of your heart and your heart does need to vent, right? Are you going to become like one of those, what I call silent but violent, right? Have you ever seen these people? They don't really talk and everything is accumulating in their heart. And then it's like the straw that broke the camel's back, right? They always look constipated all the time, right? And they're just kind of waiting. And all of a sudden something happens. Boom! Like where did that come from? It's because their heart has not been ventilating correctly. And here's the thing. Let me just I want to help us today. Your heart does need to ventilate, but many times we're ventilating to the wrong people. We're ventilating to people that cannot solve all problems, and we are putting things and pressure on people, and they're just like, oh my gosh, they come out of that conversation, so drained. Listen, I want to encourage you. Find some people, some good friends, even if that is a counselor or pastor that you need to talk to. My church family, this affects your life. It affects your love life. It affects your relationships with your, your, your romantic relationship, your, with your husband, with your wife. And it also affects your relationship with kids. I'm telling you, there are people who vent on their kids. There are people who are constantly venting on their spouse. You know, I'm going to tell you this. I don't tell my wife everything. I don't tell her everything. There are things that I go through She is a pastor's wife. She is a pastor. But there are things that happen sometimes in the church that I look to other pastors who have churches that are bigger than ours, who have gone through this and help pull, and I vent to them. They talk to me, and then I'll tell my wife, hey, this was kind of the situation, and this is what we're going to do to solve it. And we say, thank you, Jesus. Now, sometimes I will tell her, but sometimes I have to make a decision. This is not for her. She she can't handle this particular situation. And so, you know what? I'm going to talk to somebody who's gone through what I'm going through through, somebody who can handle what I have to say. And there's a safe place there. See, a lot of times we don't share because we don't feel like there is a safe place. And I just, can I encourage you after 20 years of youth ministry and counseling people, when someone does share something with you if you're married or you are a parent and your kids share something with you that you are like, oh my God, Goodness, can I just tell you, don't go off on them because if you do, you are saying this is not a safe place for you to be able to share your feelings. And I will tell you this, if your kids don't see you as a place that they can share their deepest feelings, they won't share it with you. They'll share it with, with uh, Gianna down the street who can do nothing about it and they will keep you in the dark. And it's hard. I know, I've been there when parents are telling their kids things. But you know what? The best reaction is to react in faith and in peace and say, thank you for talking to me about this. Honey, we're gonna work through this. I love you. And you've gotta keep those lines of communication open. Can I hear a good amen today? And I just want to know, are you a safe place that your kids can talk? And they know that. They all understand that. And if you are, they will talk with you. And I love this because this is where deep relationships can happen. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, my, I have a son, he's eight years old, and he, he's more like my wife. He's like more of the temperament of my wife. My my wife is very even-tempered. I mean, I, I am blessed as a man. She's not real emotional. I just, she's just like a steady Eddie all the time. I, um, even, you know, she laughs, but it's not like this exuberant laugh. I mean, she's just always like that. And my son is like that, right? I am totally the opposite, okay? I am flamboyant, extravagant, right? Laugh. I mean, that's just my personality. And so I have to ask my son questions and talk with him because it's very easy for him just to sit there and not say anything. But what I'm trying to do is build a safe place where he can tell me anything. Can I just tell you, you can tell God anything. He already knows. Even if it's the worst thing. And your heart needs to ventilate. And I would just encourage us today. I want to be a safe place for people. You know, I really do. And uh, here's number four. Are you learning something today? Talking about levels of communication. Then there's number four, which is deep needs. I think a lot of married couples don't ever get to this stage. And this is where I tell you what I really need. What I really need. And you share with me what you really need. For those of us that are married in this room, I wonder if I were to ask you, make a list of your five, your spouse's five deepest needs. And then I talk to your spouse and I say, okay, here, I want you to make a list of your spouse's five deepest needs. I wonder if we compared notes, if we'd really even understand our spouse's five deepest needs. And I'm going to tell you, this goes not only for just life, and, but also goes sexually as well. I'm amazed when I counsel people who are having affairs, how they will share things and their needs with someone who they don't really know, but they won't share their deepest needs with their own spouse. And somehow this communication has broken down, and maybe there's hurt, maybe there's some issues, but can I just tell you, God can heal, God can make us whole, and the whole goal is that God wants the two in marriage to become one. And that is through sharing. Our deepest needs. Now, there's also barriers. There's barriers to communication. There's always barriers. And let me give you uh, four barriers. And this was taken from some research, from some of the top research people. And this is what they said. These four are the main causes of divorce. Are you ready? Here's the first one. Withdrawal. We withdraw. Now, there are times where my wife and I have disagreements. And we will talk, right? And there are times where we will take a break. And we will just kind of withdraw and we take a moment. And I would encourage you, it's good sometimes to just take a moment, take a break, right? And, uh, but there are people who constantly withdraw. Constantly withdraw. They shut the whole thing down. Shut the whole thing down, right? Uh, maybe even physically withdraw. Or they're constantly giving their spouse the silent treatment. And I'm gonna tell you, it is not good to try to manipulate your spouse with the silent treatment. It's not good, right? But you know, you know, I know, there can be withdrawal. There's times where, right, you have to sleep on the edge of the bed and you don't even want to touch your heel because then you feel like, I lost. So there's a, a, a withdrawal. Now I'm gonna tell you, this right here can also be a very deep heart issue. Because there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain that has never been dealt with. And so it will cause you to withdraw. Look at me this morning. God created us to have great relationships. Some of the best times, I always say, it's not even where you're at, it's who you're with. Let me say that again. It's not where you're at, it's who you're with. Being with the best people in life can help your life thrive and go forward. It's about relationships can be great. But I will tell you this. Um with this withdrawal, if we don't deal with our heart, we're never going to have deep, meaningful relationships. Can I hear a good amen? And let me say this. Some people who withdraw, not all, but this is evidence of fear. Many people in relationships live in fear. And we sang that today. Perfect love casts out all fear. Can I hear a good amen today? Here's number two, right, the barrier for communication. It gets to escalation. It gets to es- escalation. And so tempers start flaring. I know this doesn't happen at your house. We're, we're, we're a different church, right? You start to speak really loudly, right? You start to talk loud. And uh, if, if you don't get your way, right, things start happening. But can I encourage you today? You can win the fight and lose the relationship. And I'm always I'm always concerned about people who always have to win in relationships. They always have to win. And let me tell you, that's a hard issue. That's what we call insecurity. That you constantly have to have the win for affirmation that you are right. And you know how deep this gets and how twisted this can get? You don't care how much you hurt other people as long as you are right. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not the love of God. Can I hear a good amen today? And so, and and here's what we do. We blame everybody else. And let me tell you, every time you're pointing, you got more fingers looking and pointing back at you. Because a lot of the times the issues are not outside. The issues are from within that we are dealing with and we cannot communicate. And these are heart issues. This season and this year, we are focusing on grow. Listen, and I know not everybody wants to grow. It's fine, but you're not gonna stop me from growing. And we're going to keep moving forward. And what I'm saying is that not everybody wants to deal with their heart. I was thinking about this year would be a year that we really talk about the heart. Because all growth and everything's happening from the inside out. Right? From your heart is flowing the issues of life. But we chose the word grow. But what I'm learning is that a lot of the messages that I feel that God is giving us, they're dealing directly with the heart. Because you're not going to change from the outside in. You're going to change from the inside out. And if we allow our heart to change, our communication will change. If you can allow God to heal you and know that you are perfectly loved, you don't have to escalate the conversation. You don't always have to win. Why? Because you know that you are perfectly loved. Whether you're understood or not understood, you know who you are. Here's number three of a barrier of communication. It can get to what I call belittling belittling. This can happen in marriages. This can happen in friendships where I have to lower you so I feel better. I have to put you down to make me feel better. And you know what? That comes from insecurity. That's a heart issue. And I think about it again. It, it becomes so selfish because we don't even care about the people around us. We're just making sure that we feel affirmed, right? And so our insecurity can come from, you know, maybe things that, that have happened in our heart. And, uh, but I, I'll tell you what, I don't want to be the person that's willing to put you down just so I can feel secure. I'm going to say that again. I don't want to be the person who has to put you down so I can feel secure. And maybe some of these things you can recognize in some of the relationships that you're in. And here's number four. I think this is really where the enemy comes in. This is where he, he plays. Number four is false belief. This is when we start creating stories that did not exist, right, that, just to make sure that I win in the relationship. We start making up stuff. You know what that is, ladies and gentlemen? That is lying. That we have to lie now to make sure that we win in this conversation. And so what do we have to do to change? This is not how God would have us communicate. And what I want us to see today is that I think even us in this room and people listening to the podcast today, our identities have actually been formed by other people's words. Growing up before my dad was saved, uh, he's a pastor now and we have a great relationship. But man, I'll tell you what, he came over from Mexico. He met my mom, and uh, my mom was Polish and Italian. And he was, man, Hispanic, a hot Hispanic. And I'm not just talking about like hot. I'm talking about hot in temper. And I will tell you this, that there were times that with my mom and even myself, he would say things over us. He would call us stupid. He would call us, what? look at our report card and go, look, you're just stupid. Right? These were words that began to speak over our lives. And I'm going to tell you what, this for me, this message, I had a lot of heart issues because there was some people of influence in my life that spoke over me words that weren't in line with the word of God and so it started to form our identity I've talked to people who their fathers never really talked to them I've talked to people who their fathers never said I love you to them never said I love you to their mom and so they grow up with a void and I want to tell us this morning I want us to understand words matter my church family can I hear a good amen Listen, and I would even say this, that you are the sum total of some of those words that have been spoken over your life for some of you. The the, the words have just been spoken. They have so much power. If you're taking notes, write this down. Actually, our words are creating our world. Let me say that again. The words that we speak, that's how God created the world. He created the world. What did he speak? Into the darkness. He said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. Why? Because he spoke that. And some of us have been in environments where the words that were spoken weren't building up. They were actually tearing us down. And we've allowed that to get inside of our heart. And now guess what? We're repeating the same behavior. Hurt people are hurting people. But I came today to say we can break the cycle and we can change the way that we communicate if we'll allow God to work in our heart. Can I hear a good amen today? Why don't we choose that we are going to break the cycle. We are going to be the new branch on the family tree. We are going to be the people that are going to speak life. We're going to speak life over our relationships. We're going to speak life over our spouse. We're going to speak life over... Our kids. And so let me just give you seven uh, types of great communication. Seven types of great communication. And again, this could be friendships. This could be your spouse. But let me say it's always intentional. This is always intentional. This takes work. It's going to take work. But let's be intentional about it because the results are incredible. Here's the first one. Let's be people of praise. Let's be people that I'm going to look at your good qualities. I'm going to find your good qualities, right, and I'm going to highlight them. It does not take a gift of discernment to point out problems. It doesn't. And can I just encourage you, lady? Speak to your man with honor. Guys crave honor honor. That's what we create. We want to know that we're a good man. So as you speak praise, come on, speak honor. Find something good. It may be one thing, but find something good. Good. The Bible says, speak those things that are not as though they were. Honey, you did a great job today. Thanks for coming home early. You know, wow. Man, when you said that this morning, I just appreciated your attitude. You did the dishes. Thank you. I really appreciate that. When you start speaking honor, thank you. You know, this week, I, I really appreciate how you provided for our family. I really appreciated how you stepped in and you picked up our son and you didn't complain. And you speak praises. I'll tell you what, what guys want to hear. We want to hear we're handsome. That wasn't a good time to laugh, ladies. (laughs) I'm coming for you, ladies. I'm coming. Don't make me go down there. My wife tells me that all the time. All the time. Look at you. She grabs my face. She goes, look at this face. It was so funny. The other day I was sitting on the couch with my, my son. My son's a, he's like my wife, but he's a, he's a jokester. And he's like me. You never know when it's coming. It's just going to catch you off guard. Right? That's, it's, it's a timing thing. But we're sitting on the couch, and I just looked at him and said, hey, Gav, I just love you, man. You know, I was telling him. And he grabbed my face, and he goes, look at this face. And I'm like, and he just started laughing. But my wife tells me all the time, she says, you're handsome. She says, you look good today. Oh, my goodness. You know what that does to me? I can't share totally what it does to me, but I'm just saying. You're handsome. You look good today. Wow, you look refreshed today. Can I just tell you, because she tells me that, if somebody else tells me that, I'm not void in my emotions and I need to hear it because I've already heard it from my wife. And, ladies, you need to speak over your husband. You need to speak life. Proverbs 25 verse 11 says a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. In other words, the gold apples add value to a silver bowl. And let's add value to people. Can I hear a good amen? Come on, let's add value to people. Let's speak life over them. Say words that add value. But ladies, can I just help you? Don't nitpick at your husband. Please don't nitpick at your husband, criticizing every little thing. You know what the Bible says about a nitpicking wife, a wife that's constantly nagging in Proverbs 21, 19? It says, it's better to live alone in the desert. (laughs) Guys, keep looking straight ahead. Keep looking straight ahead, guys. Keep looking straight ahead. It's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome, complaining woman. Guys, can we say a good amen today? Now, some of you are not saying amen because you know that there's not a safe place here, that you will pay the consequences when you get home. Ladies, use your words to build up. Not to constantly critique. Can I hear a good amen? Speak those things that are not. Be a person of praise with your kids. Listen, we found this in youth ministry so many times. Compliments go such a long way kids would show up dressed I mean like in black like they just stepped out of the matrix you know that movie and they would come in they looked god I mean totally black I remember this one girl she would kind of always dress like that and one day I don't know she had something at her high school and she dressed different she dressed preppy when she walked in all of our youth leaders made a big deal oh my goodness wow look at you man you look so uh, wow you know what when we started complimenting guess what it changed her appearance she started walking in. When she, when she noticed, and we noticed her hair, we started, because it builds people up. Speak, listen, speak praise over your kids. Watch this. People will rise up to the level of your, your confession over their lives. That's what God did with Gideon when he was sitting under the tree. He said, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, uh, who are you talking to? Because why? He speaks Praise so we can rise up to the level praise. Is this good this morning? Number two, be a person who's speaking thanks, thanksgiving. Be grateful. You know what? Say thank you 10 times a day. Thank you, my love. Thank you. You know, we don't take that for granted at our house. When my wife will say, hey, can you get me some tea? I'll get her some tea. She'll say, thank you. I think one of the biggest issues we have in marriage is we lose respect for one another. We lose respect. We take each other for granted. Can I just tell you, that woman chose you, but she didn't have to. But she chose you. She chose you for a reason. And you know what? She's in this relationship. We need to thank. I, the other day my wife said, you know, Phil, I just think about our relationship. And she just said, thank you for choosing me. And I said, what? Thank you for choosing me. Like I was in the, in the line with like a thousand other guys. And you chose me. You know what? Sometimes we forget that. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 and 22 says, The tongue has the power of life. Come on, everybody, say that. Say life. Life and death in that tongue, you have the power to speak life or to speak death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds a good and receives favor from the Lord. Listen, my church family, this takes almost no effort to say thank you to your spouse, to say thank you in your relationships. Number three, let's speak words of affection. Everybody say that with me. Say affection. Come on, let's be openly affectionate. Uh, Let's speak terms of endearment to our spouse. Tell them how much you love them and you care about them. You know, um, yesterday I had to uh, do a funeral here in the area. And, you know, funerals are always very sobering. Uh, But what I always think about is there's families who will come up and talk about the deceased person and they'll, you know, take out their paper and they'll start telling, I mean, all these words of affirmation. Grandma, you were so awesome and I love you. And, And as I'm thinking about all these words, I wonder, does it take someone to pass away before we actually look at them face to face and say, you mean so much to me? I love you. I love your laugh. I love when we spend time together. And you know what? The sad thing is that they're in a casket and they can't even hear. I'm being serious with you today. And that, 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 that brings a sobering reality that I don't want to die with, with people in my life, them not knowing what I felt about them, what I thought about them, and how great I thought that they were. Can I hear a good amen? amen. And I don't want to die without you telling me how great. Okay, anyway, so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Words of affection. Jeremiah 31.3. This is what God does. Look, I love you. This is what God says. My people with an everlasting love, with an unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. We need to hear that over and over and over again, that we are loved by God. And you know what? He doesn't withhold that from us. He speaks it. I love you with an everlasting, unconditional love. Number four, let's be people that are speaking encouragement. Encouragement. You know, Ephesians chapter four, verse 29 says this. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But what is helpful, watch this, for building others up. Come on, say that with me. Say, building others up according to their needs and it may benefit those who listen. You know what? In truth, there are no neutral words. Either we're building people up or we're tearing them down. We need to build people up. Up. I wanna be that person that's encouraging, find something good. Here's number five. Let's be people who speak kindly. Now, this has to do more with the environment of what we're talking about. I want to be a person uh, that when you talk, I, I want to be the kind of person that provides a safe place to be able to listen to what you're saying. Listen, I'm not going to make you pay for you telling me how you really felt. And sometimes in in relationships, especially in spouses and uh, in, in marriage, uh, there can be... Uh, retribution if you say certain things and ladies when your husband opens up to you I will tell you this if you share with someone else what he said he's not going to share with you anymore and he may share for a minute may not be long but I'll tell you what when he does if you make him pay for what he says he's going to go through withdrawal and he's not going to want to share with you anymore it may not always not be right what he's saying, but I think we shut people down way too soon before they can really understand that. Hey, this is a safe place, and I, I want to hear. Listen, Proverbs chapter fifteen verse one says, "A gentle answer that's kindness. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Harsh words always increase the confusion and the mayhem. Let's be kind, right? Number six. Let's speak the truth in Love. Now, I think people get confused with this one right here because this is both truth is the facts, right? What needs to be spoken, maybe something needs to be addressed, but love is the manner. Listen, it's not about if you fight, it's about how you fight. And we need to fight fair. We need to fight fair. What does that mean? Now, let me, let me tell you what, how we get this confused. Somebody can think, well, I have the truth, and, you know, and I have the truth, and I'm just going to say it. That's just how I am. You know, I just tell it like it is. Well, that's probably why you have no friends. You just, there's no respect. Just, well, I have the facts, and I was right, and look, and I saw, and I, yeah, I know. But you're annoying. Then you have the other side, the love part. Well, you know, I really don't want to say anything either, because, you know, that, that's disrespectful. And so I, I, so what we do is we think this love part is talking about how we shouldn't say anything because, and, and I like it to this. If you have ever been eating with a, a good friend and they're eating coleslaw, and all of a sudden as you're eating, you look up and they have a piece of coleslaw in their mouth, you have to say something. You have a choice. Am I going to say? Am I going to be a good friend and say, um, you, you, you um, you, you need to say something, right? But you need to. It's how you say that, but I would hate not to say it, because like, well, I just didn't want to be disrespectful. And then the person goes, so you let me walk around the whole room with coleslaw on my face? (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't want to say anything. Okay, well, you're a real good friend. So there's two extremes. But here's what happens. If I am to address something, because I do have the facts, I do have the truth, Love is how it's to be addressed. That is the manner. That is the motive. Ephesians 4, 15, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more like Christ. Jesus said this. Look, in John 1, 14, Jesus said, I am full of truth and full of grace, right? So you have truth and grace. Let me say it this way. Truth without grace is just mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. But when you have truth and grace, it's medicine. It's medicine. That's what I want. And here's the last one for today. Let's be people of prayer. You know, a lot of times we can talk about issues. We can talk about those things. And when we talk about that, can we put that last point up? Be a person of prayer. There are times where, as we are discussing with our spouse, that it's time to stop communicating and it's time to hold hands and it's time to pray. It's time to come together and use our words and pray. Psalms chapter 16, verse eight says this, I keep my eyes always on the Lord with him at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices and my body also will rest secure. There has to come a point in our lives, in our relationship, especially in marriages, that we point upward and we realize that this is about God. And there are things that only God can fix. Can I hear a good amen in our life? And we can talk to, we're blue in the faith, in the face, but I will tell you, uh, me and my wife are still, we're married 10 years, we're still working, we're still human, but I will tell you one of the things that we've done that is a success, we pray together every single night every single night that we are together, we will hold hands and we pray over our son and we pray over each other because when you have to talk before God, a lot of these petty emotions that you have, right, will go away and he will interject and help us and heal our hearts. Can we give the Lord a good round of applause today for his word? Come on, would you stand with me? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.